his bummy must have been cold. <laughs> Welcome everyone and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 142 entitled Mass Formation. Three weeks ago, we were planning to revisit the phenomena of mass formation. In that time, so much has happened in the world of the pandemic and people's reactions to it. While so much has changed, the reality of mass formation has not. We'll be examining why people are acting the way they are and how we can remain in or return to a peaceful state of mind despite all that is going on. Pull up a chair at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you would, please give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, they're not as good as they could be. If things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week, we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk to model rejoicing and mourning. Then we hit the main topic after we hit record. So while it may not be 12, 15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Well, shout out Rome. 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 <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Chris. Uh, hey, for Chris. those of you not listening live, uh, we're chuckling and Jay's speed reading because we uh, forgot to hit record the first time. So we're uh, we we did hit record now, right, Eric? We're we're live. We're, live. we're hit. Let we the hit man record. go, this is Chris. Okay, yeah. everybody's allowed no, to make listen, a mistake. This I so my good has changed. Oh, my good, good is Eric <laughs> so graciously took the 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 pressure off of me because. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows who wasn't well at the table at our physical table tonight. Oh yeah, I messed up like everything tonight. I'm spilling water all over the place, so we're we're starting late already. Yeah. So Eric, and Eric, so graciously didn't hit record, so right. that now Bam. we can. So look those to look him. at you, superstar. <laughs> <laughs> so those three minutes that Eric just wasted makes up for your thirty. That's right. That's that's how I'm looking at it for sure. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do, bro. <laughs> no, but really, my good is getting healthy, um, uh, and I, I, you know, I feel like I've missed podcast episodes. I've, you know, mm. but no, I know we all have uh, for various reasons. But um, it's great to be back. It's great to be healthy. I really don't have a bad this week because it just feels so good to get to worship practice last night, to get here for the podcast tonight, um, to get back to work. I get to teach kids music and. You know, it, when when you're when things change, I mean, you get into a grind of oh, I got to get up and go to work every day, do this same thing every day, every day, and you start taking things for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, it's nice when you know you're out sick or you're whatever is the situation is, and it, things are shaken up, and then oh, right. things feel fresh again, and you get a little a little you know perspective, perspective. yes. Yep. And um, and you're just like, oh yeah, I get to do this, and this is this is pretty cool. So mm -hmm. I've been enjoying work this week. I've been enjoying uh, getting together with you guys, and just you know, back to normal and feeling like I'm doing something again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about that chicken piccata though? Oh, chicken piccata. How'd <laughs> you know? How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife Amy. Uh, wonderful little chef that she is. Cooked some chicken piccata tonight, gluten free as usual. Um, using sort of an, an 
all-purpose gluten-free flour, maybe some almond flour mixed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, with these things called capers. Don't know if you are familiar, guys. If with Ever a- heard of it? It's <laughs> <laughs> the national plant of Titusville. <laughs> now, Brian, I know what you're thinking. It's not the kind of caper where we go on an adventure. We That's right. take out Eric's garbage cans. <laughs> It's more of a berry. It's a bit of a berry. <laughs> Briny. Savory. Briny berry. I'll tell you what, Paulette and about one other person right now are loving the fact that we're doing this twice. <laughs> Everybody else is like, we missed something. Right. It's it's not funny at all to most nah, of you. We apologize. Man. The we're Briny just, berry. The Briny AKA berry. The caper. Oh, yes. Right. And it really delightful. A little rice, some yeah. some veggies, and just you know, mix nice. it in and serve it on you know on top of the rice and yeah. just really really good mm. and. Um, I'll go so far as to say it's uh, it's a, it's you know comfy uh, cozy food which you know as that's I that's a fave every every week on the podcast that's what I say is like man this time of year <laughs> yeah. I need some cozy food yeah. yeah so it's it's been real good that's awesome how about you Eric uh, yeah so uh, COVID finally hit our household um, and we were down and out and I will both say of you at the both you and Amy at the same time. yes Amy yeah. and I at the same time Amy got it much worse than I did. Um, which, but to agree, makes it worse for you. It does, and that's that was going to be my point. Was uh, you know, since Amy was down and out, I really had to step up and hang out with our daughter Maggie, who was a complete terror. <laughs> the whole, the Don't whole, hold back. The whole like <laughs> seriously. Well, it, like here's the thing. Like we like this. This couldn't have hit at a worse time in in Maggie's season because. And and on one hand, she is self-entertaining as a three-year-old. But on another hand, like, she is not self-entertaining and wants your attention. And that hand's maybe a little bigger. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, it is just constant, like, I want this, you know, and and let's do this, and let's do this, and, like, come play with me. And, like, I I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then as soon as I'm done cutting up that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I don't want peanut butter and jelly. And, like, like like, that's just (laughs) been the whole, like, it's torture. Uh. It is torture. Um and that has been like literally like COVID, you know, I had basically a bad cold. Amy got more flu like symptoms and went through something worse. But like I will say by far the worst thing is being quarantined with a toddler. Like mm-hmm. that has been the worst of it all. Like we are we are more emotionally drained and emotionally injured versus like a like sickness. So like we're just we're drained. That is something. Um yeah. We need a vaccine against toddlers. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Is it called a condom? Not ba- No, not babies. Not babies. Oh, no, just toddlers. Toddlers. Uh, <laughs> They're the worst. Um, uh, but the, you know, I don't want to hang on that. Yeah, you know, I like a good. Um, the, the good is, uh, well, there's two goods. The good is Amy has given me a lot of appreciation for how much I've stepped up. And we're, you know, we're on the mend and we're out of it. So that's good. Um, the other good is I've been working out with uh, our friend Max. Max. Um, yes, sir. And I feel I feel good. We're getting stronger. Getting and, rid of some of that and, Christmas crap. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, just, just good. And, and, you know, I've had good conversations with him. Just, you know, just fun. And I like it. And and we, we meet each other's need of, like, we're not going to do this on our own. We really need, some like, a partner to do this with. And, and he's been that guy right now. So... That's been awesome. And there's no easier guy to hang out with. 
No, oh, man. You could lift 10 pounds. He'd be like, you're strong. Yeah. Right. You, you're strong. It's, like, it's like going to your grandma's and like, you lift, <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Like, Max yeah. loves you just as much as your grandma. Yeah. Yes. More. Like you lift up a stool over your head and, you're, and your grandma's like, oh my gosh, you're so strong. How are you doing that? And you're like, oh, grandma. It's, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's great. That, that's fantastic. Uh, food wise, we're going to take a, a dive into uh, food tech talk, you mm. know, because it's me. Uh, but my buddy Rob at work uh, talked me into buying a it's it's a it's a egg cooker. Um, <laughs> but like, but it does eggs in different ways. I, like, no, like, it was just so funny when you say that. I'm like, oh, they call that a skillet, <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps a pot. No, but it, it'll it'll soft boil, medium boil, hard boil your egg perfectly. Ah, uh, that's the key. You and got your like, soft boil, <laughs> got your hard boil. That's the hardest. And it also does poaching, but yeah, you know, I haven't done that. Based my whole life on this. <laughs> but man, I, I do love a good medium boil egg. Like like over you know, like if I order eggs at a restaurant, I I order them over medium. Mm-hmm. Um because I I like the the yolk just a tiny bit runny. And like this, it's amazing. Like you don't even there's not like settings. It's it's the you put however just talk many, to it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you put you put however many eggs you want up to six, and you put whatever amount of water, whether it's you want it easy, medium, or hard. Is there like measurements where you put the water? Yeah, there's a yeah. little measuring cup, and and like that's it, and then you just hit on and set it and forget it. And, seriously, <laughs> and it comes out perfect. It's unbelievable. And we're we're a hard boil, boil egg family here. With that's a that's a go to for for breakfast for us. Um, hard boiled for breakfast. Yeah, it's just easy, dude. It's, it's, it's easy. Do we, do we you know, it's easy it? and nutritious. Well, it is nutritious. Boom. And it's easy now. It's God's miracle. <laughs> now, it's, yeah, now it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's just fantastic. Yeah, and, that's you know, great. Yeah, it's a cheat code for eggs. Cool. Cheat code for eggs. That should be their marketing. Step aside. Sous vide. Boom. You should be in marketing. Ah, I should be. <laughs> My turn? Yeah, yes. Brad, go for it. I'm going to start with the bad. Yes. Um, medical discrimination and mandates. It's just wearing on me. This, right. this whole conversation is just wearing on me. Mm. And the fact that people are discriminating based on a private medical situation mm. is absolutely absurd to me. I get it. Yeah. And all my life I've been told... Not to be, not to, not to discriminate and, and not to be, and, and I might be a racist and I might be privileged and all the very same people, it seems that have been telling me that my entire life are now the ones doing and, and cheering this discrimination and, and make no mistake, it's discrimination. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it's wearing on me and it's wearing on the people that I know and it's wrong Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it, it, um, you know, I feel like some of these people are the same people that in the 50s and 60s would have cheered the Jim Crow on. And that's that's a tough thing to um, to know that we're in 2022 in the United States of America and around the world. But this is where we are. People are being discriminated against because other people say, ah, you're this you, is the way we're choosing. to this go. This is the way we're choosing to go. That's right. that's completely evil and disheartening to me. Just um, so I know how to emotionally respond. Is this, are you feeling for others or is this something you're going through personally? Both. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Very much both. I have friends that are, you know, they, they're having to jump through all kinds of hurdles or choosing to, to lose their jobs. 
Um, and that's real. I mean, that's just real life. Right, well, right, and, right. and the fact that, you know, what you're saying is you're against the mandating of taking the vaccine. Yeah, I don't not care. The take vaccine. the vaccine. Do if you want to take that vaccine. Right. But w- w- yes, that's exactly that's exactly the point. You it, when you start to mandate it as a one size fits all things, um, you know that that is it's it's unethical and it's yeah. it's immoral. Um, so there's my two cents. And you know, if you want to come at me, you can do that. Uh, this isn't a, a lunchtime in Rome view. This is my view. Um, so you know, we can have that conversation if you want to. Um, because we're at the table and that's what we are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Open, honest, vulnerable. My good. Uh, Hard switches why? from eggs. I just wanted way. to respond that I just feel bad. Um, <clears throat> I'm frustrated for you like that. Cause it's, I wasn't it just a few weeks ago. We were talking about like, Oh, angry Brian from 2020. I feel like that, you know, you're feeling some of that again and that sucks. Um, mm. well, I appreciate that. Um, there might be a little bit of anger, you know, you know, it's, it, I, I don't think it's unreasonable in this day and age, but I, I am, I'm very much trying to, that's why I want to be open, honest and vulnerable. So that I don't get to that. You're spot. not dwelling yeah. on the, I'm anger. not dwelling on the, right. anger. no, whereas, but I'm being honest, Tony Brian right. dwelled. I, I, I almost enjoyed it. I was like, yes, <laughs> there were times. <laughs> yes. Feel the hate like the emperor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let it wash let over it you. Through you. Um, so there's that. And that's probably going to have some feedback. And if so, great. Um, we, we, we enjoy feedback. That's um, Brian Hurt. <laughs> seriously, come at me. Um, moving on to, to good. Uh, I had one of the most, one of those moments where you can't imagine, like when you're like, I'm going to be a parent or, Oh crap. I'm a parent. <laughs> um, Eric had that last week, <laughs> but maybe not in the way you're talking about. No, no, this, this was a moment where it's like, wow, it's like, it's, it's massive and it's, it's magical. And so I took Ethan to his hockey games on Saturday. He's a goalie like myself. I've been playing goal for 30 years um, and for all different kinds of hockey. And um, Ethan's kind of following my footsteps, has been for a couple of years playing goal. Wasn't he um, conceived in, in the goal? <laughs> in goal, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> slipped one past the goal. Slipped one past, yeah. Right. Uh, so, but he's been playing for a couple of years. And the, the new thing he started, now that he's bigger, uh, he started wearing my jerseys, like my old jerseys, and and some of the mm. you know teams I'm on now. That's cool. They have my they have my name on the back. They have my number. So like this past Saturday, he took my old vintage Penn Hills, uh, Penn Hills one, Penn Hills ice hockey Dude, jersey. That's out. going back. Um, and and he like so he's walking out with my name on the back, with my number on the back, and he played an incredible second game. Um, and <laughs> I know his coach. Uh, his coach is somebody that I've played with for a long time and also refs a lot of my games. Um, but he's Ethan's coach. And so, like, Ethan, like, they lost big in the second game, but Ethan played so well. They could have lost three or four times the mm. amount, you know. Um, and so Ethan comes off, and he's just beaming. And he's like, I got the and, – and he's in my jersey. And yeah. he's taking it off. And he's like, I got the greatest compliment I've ever gotten in my life. I'm like, really? Uh, what is that, But He's like, John, his coach, said, you look like your dad out there in that second game. Oh, that was the greatest compliment. Wow. And this kid's now going on 15. Yeah. Right. He should you know? be more and, than bitter. And he's and angry. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not being funny. I'm saying no, like, I... the average 15 year old doesn't think the greatest compliment is somebody saying you just look, look just well, like your dad. And it's and it's interesting because as, he's, awesome. as he's gotten older, wow. you know, he, he's there's there's things that he keeps very private. You know, he's 
there, there's, you know, and, and having conversations with them, you, you sometimes try to pull things out of them. Um, so those are gigantic glimpses into his yeah. psyche and into his world. And so that was just, I mean, okay. just unbelievable. And am I right or am I right that in turn, that, those are the only choices. Yeah. Um, that was one of the greatest compliments you ever got from him. I bet. Like, what a feeling huh. for him to say that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh if, no, that would that's that a, would that's a great point. Guard. That's like that's that unbelievable. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, he he said it to me, and it like took a second to register. And I was like, wow, you know, just wow. Like, yeah, that's I am massive. awesome. That's I wish massive. my son liked me. That's, that's <laughs> I awesome. am good at goal. Thanks, um, son. <laughs> as far as food goes, um, I just feel like I've had like meals you know like you just you have meals. meals and they get you to the next day and you have more meals yeah. and i've been eating a lot of no. omelets but there's just been no amy and i have felt like that for the past two weeks like it's that's why i brought up the tech that food tech talk yeah yeah did you guys lose taste smell kind of thing not i don't like not we, did, we didn't either yeah, yeah just curious. it was just like losing taste like you normally do with a cold like you uh, can't yeah. like you know you're sure, nose up. Is stuffy and, yeah yeah Anyway, sorry, B. I, I'm, that's it. <clears throat> so for me, um, the the good is I've just been rolling with what comes my way. Like there's times where I've not felt well or people were sick and like, and I'm still just out and about and I'm not letting it get me down. And, you know, even just simple things like I was <laughs> Saturday walking into Aldi and there's this guy walking and it was cold and there's a guy walking into the dollar store and he was, he had to be old. I guess he was younger than me, but he was in his forties at least. His pants were, I mean, barely above his kneecaps, you know, he's just busting a, mm-hmm. a sag busting or whatever. Sag. And he was not built for it either, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just pointed mm-hmm. and I just laughed like behind him. Like, I was like, <laughs> there's my guy. You know, like, I'm like, whatever. You be you. I don't yeah, care. Right, it's fine. And, right. I t- and I get home and I tell Rachel, she's like, mm, his bummy must have been cold. And I was like, well, I didn't check in. I mean, it's all. But whether it be like serious conversations or, you know, I- I'm just, I'm being, I'm doing a very good job of being in the moment. And I've had to have some difficult conversations with people and have conversations I don't want to have, which my, I hate the term lean into something. I think that's almost too, I don't know, contemporary. Yeah. But like, that's my thing. Like I want to lean into the awkward, like, okay, we're going to be awkward. Let's be awkward because I'm, I'm, I'm gifted in that and I'm suited in that. And I can find God's purpose in the awkward moment because most people avoid the awkward. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to embrace maybe is a better way to put it. i'm going to brace the awkward that's not as yeah of a, you know, i'm going to embrace it so that's the good i've just been rolling with it and there's been so many variables gosh i mean you know this podcast alone is a small indicator of everything that's been going on on so many levels the bad uh i'm just real disc golf itchy i mean, <laughs> bro. I mean it's not just even playing like I, I haven't even walked the course i don't know what it's looking like i was working on you know developing that new hole or two and I'm not doing that when it's 10 degrees. I I'll mean, tell you, I'll tell you what it's looking like. It's about you know a foot of snow and two inches of ice on top of that, and then another couple inches of snow. Yeah, it's good weather to crack woods, though. I mean, I got to believe I could chop some trees down. But anyhow, not that I've chopped any tree down. <laughs> and then food wise, you know, for me, I've been doing soup a lot more often, mm, and no. I've, I've been trying to do a dashi soup, and I ran out of the dashi. Yeah. Hundashi is the actual uh, ingredient that I found out in Monroeville at the little Asian market out there. Cash only, by the way. See, uh, out by car, not car hops, but by honey baked. Yeah. Anyhow, I do love car hops, not a sponsor, but man. So, been working. It is by car hops. No, car hops is down on Old William Highway. Point of the story is this <laughs> soups and 
uh, I made those taco balls for New Year's or whatever it was, oh, which was meatballs yeah. made with uh, meatballs covered in taco seasoning. And they were lovely. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to make taco burgers. Mm-hmm. And so I just make a burger and then I just completely cake it in taco seasoning. And now it's Rachel's new favorite. She has a choice between a regular burger and a taco burger. Yeah. She's nice. slapping sour cream. Ooh, hey, can I double yeah. up real quick? Because three days ago, I forgot my good, or excuse me, my food was going to be your vegetable soup. Oh. Like, um, I got to taste a little bit of Jay's soup. Uh, best vegetable, and it's chicken. Chicken vegetable. Chicken vegetable soup. Yeah. That I have ever had, but I'll just well, go. That's a lot. No, was, no, no, no. Seriously, really no, I, I can for that. I mean, it was under just no, on just. Purpose. I don't even know what all was in it. Of course, I didn't make it, but man, just so many flavors in there. Was there a little bit of a kick to it, like no. a little bit no. of cayenne? No. no, no, because this is the same soup you gave mm-hmm. us. So there was no kick because Amy needed to eat it, and Amy's yeah, not no, a no spice kick. Oh, okay, yeah. it no was. Kick. It was delightful, delicious. and you totally undersold it, which is, sure. that's your M.O. I'm not man. a soup guy, and I was like, I'm kind of a soup guy. Oh, right? I'm such a soup guy. Well, what's funny is I added hot banana peppers to mine, and it was like, oh, no, that's something nice, too. Uh, it makes it a little like spicy. That. And what we don't want is for the rest of the conversation tonight to be spicy, Babe. because what we were doing three months ago, episodes 128 through 130, we went over a phenomena that we stumbled across called mass formation. We were so cutting edge. <laughs> We talked about that for three weeks, and then a little-known podcast called The Joe Rogan Experience. Never heard of it. I'm, I hear it's okay. Uh, it's controversial, really, if you think about it. Like, with it, I mean, they got so many more complaints than we do. <laughs> also, 11 million followers or listeners, 50 million. Neither here nor one, there. One less than ours. Yes. <laughs> Our table's bigger, That's I think. True. And like, we don't, don't smoke know. as much weed. <laughs> He actually said he built his table big in studio because he had Mike Tyson in, and he got scared of Mike Tyson, so he made the table a little bit bigger. Because <laughs> that'll help. Uh, well, the reach. Yeah. He had a guy on, and the topic of mass formation blew up. Anytime you have something on with 11 million listeners, it blows up, and it made sense to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was hilarious, because we, we talked about it we months ago. Vibing on it for a while. Right. Yeah. And then it came up, and then, of course, the backlash was, no, he's a conspiracy theorist. No, that's not a real thing. And even the AP came out and said there's no such thing, which is really ironic in Mm. that the media is part of the mass formation. So for the media to say, no, we're not part of the mass formation made it an even more ridiculous deal on both sides. Isn't it just so easy for somebody that doesn't have a defense to call you a conspiracy theorist or a racist? It's just so easy to lob that. Well, sure. And it sticks. Well, we could go into the the history of conspiracy theories, but we will not. And the term and where it was first used. Does anybody know? Anybody know? It's in the 50s. I'm going to go 1942. It was right around the JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, oh, was, that, so that was like sort of reaction the first. To that. uh, that's yeah. when they, they coined that. This is not a conspiracy theory. What we are doing tonight is focusing on, hey, what is mass formation in general? Mm-hmm. And you're saying, Jay, you already did this. You know, guys, table, we've done this, right? Yeah. But we want to look at it now that it's been brought up to everybody's attention a little bit more and look at it a little more in-depthly as to how it has taken place as it pertains to the response to the coronavirus. Mass formation is not new. Right. There is everything from massive events like the French Revolution, the Salem Witch Trials, all the way back to, if you know, the, the laughing hysteria. 
uh, mm, right. happened in France. Was there some dancing thing? The too? dancing laughing hysteria. Yeah, is that yeah. the same? Okay, same thing. All the way up to things like we, you know, when we first talked about it, we focused on the one side has COVID, the other side has QAnon, and there were some things missing from the QAnon movement that make it the mass formation much less. And in each of these situations, the the characteristics that produce mass formation and so that's why we're just looking at it now because that's the context with which it just became famous can i say too that like publicized uh, it's it's funny like in some of these articles where they're saying well mass formation isn't a thing and i i think it's true perhaps that it hasn't been defined completely because it's a newer term but that doesn't mean that it's not a thing you know what i mean like it's like you just said, it has existed in all these like well, places throughout history. Like you, all you have to do is look at like when when people get obsessed and like you, Brian, like you like to say, like laser focused on something, like it exists. It, like it, it's not a it, you know even if if that's a new term, mm-hmm. mass formation, that doesn't mean that it's not right a thing. Mm-hmm. Just there you go. <laughs> well, no, and to to that extent, you know, I've talked about that book that I'm reading, which is the body keeps the score. He points out that traumatic childhood trauma. Childhood traumatic experiences, CTEs, is the cause of almost everything that is wrong with kids and adults is a traumatic experience. There is no diagnosis of CTE. Mm. You cannot be diagnosed with a childhood traumatic experience. So, therefore, it doesn't exist. Right. No, oh, wow. it just hasn't been diagnosed as such. Yeah. There's no definition of Man, that. Man, we'll talk about that That's later. another story for another yeah. time. <laughs> and actually, the irony is I just listened to the guy that wrote that book talk about mass formation. Huh. And what to do about it? Which what is, and and are we experiencing trauma? That's another podcast hmm. or another time. He said he says no. Interesting. You were saying I was going to make a joke. I was going to say, what if it's your three year old that's putting you through trauma? I'm telling you, yeah, Maggie's putting us through mess for me. Sorry, right now <laughs> back to Jay. <laughs> Traumata, tra- trauma from a childhood experience. At, at from, no trauma from, a, from, from an experience childhood. from a child. With, yeah. <laughs> T-E-C. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so to review, and again, I want everybody to understand this. Uh, This is very important to us. Yeah. We're not talking the specifics of the pandemic response. Right. We're not saying pro-mask, anti-mask. We're not saying pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. We're not saying anything like that. What we're saying is, are there people in your life who, when when the pandemic comes up, they get angry? Mm Mm-hmm angry so much that why isn't everybody just following the rules why is everybody why is it so hard they or when they see us if you give them a statistic on hey how about this you're calm they're not Mm -hmm. or people whose lives have dramatically changed in these last two years that they are no longer social they are no longer out and about and they are they are just different people and you can't talk to them about it and there's been relationships that this is a relationship podcast yeah and Many relationships have been broken. Many Mm. relationships have been divided. Families, friends, churches, schools, communities, a nation completely divided. But why? Mm. Right. Also, we want to talk about the fact that there is a solution to that. And that solution is brought by a clinician, a statistician, a guy who's masters in clinical psychology, not a touchy feely guy like, oh, you know, we're so, you know, (laughs) soft. So, but to remind, to remind everybody and why, like some people may say, well, there's just two sides of everything, right? But some people are in mass formation. Some people are not. And so for mass formation to occur, 
there are four components and we're just reviewing if you you know go back to 128 129 130 if you want to hear this more in depth but the first is social isolation that people feel isolated and by the way the the reference to all of this is dr matthias desmet uh, he is a professor of uh, statistics but he also has he's a doctor in clinical psychology from ghent university in belgium and we have a link to an interview that he did uh, he talks about the more technologically advanced a country is, is the more lonely that they are. Hmm. And so if you think about it, like people are lonely. 50% of people in the United States have no meaningful relationships, according yep. to a Rasmussen study. 50% of people have no, no meaningful, meaningful relationships. relationships. Right. And I, I, even, uh, I was going to say, I believe that. I believe I think that. it's low. I was going to say, I wonder how that's defined. But even so, no matter how it's defined, right? This is That's me. But no matter how it's defined, it's like... That's a lot. Well, and <laughs> like, like that's it's, a lot. You know, it's you know, and this is another this is another podcast, but like it's the reason why we created three day respawn was because there's a ton of people out there that have meaningful relationships with people online. Like, hey, let's have meaningful relationships online, mm-hmm. not just like, hey, we're playing games together. Yeah, like, I'm going to shoot you, know, you and call you names, right? Like, let's that's have meaningful, meaningful relationships. Relationship. But like, yeah, I I totally believe that, and social media has just put a magnifying glass on that. I was listening to another podcast about crime, and they said poverty does not cause crime. And they said if you go to some of the poorest countries in the world and go to the poorest communities in those countries, yeah. there's no crime. They all share. They're all together. Right. So you think about it. Well, they're not on their phones all day either, are they? Right. right. They're not lonely. There's a connectedness. Not I remember doing a mission trip to Mexico, and we built a one-room house for people, and they were the most happy people i've ever met in my life right not uh, certainly not isolated nope so that is an effect and in, yeah. in fact Theresa may when she was prime minister installed a minister of loneliness in the, in the united kingdom yeah minister of loneliness to address loneliness so number two a lack of huh. meaning in life gallup world pool 30 percent of people have meaningful jobs 60 percent of their jobs were meaningless mm. well that'll be 70 right now there's or like maybe, 10 that were in between. Yeah, 10 okay. that are like, eh. You and your math, Brian. You and your math. You got me on that one, pal. Um, so. I feel like I'm in there. And, and we talk about the fact that in years past, there was meaning in having a job. Yeah. Mm. Now, I mean, there's there's right. articles and stuff today about everybody just quitting their jobs. Anti-work. There's a big Reddit thread that's uh, that's famous now. Anti-work. Anti-work. So that's uh, there's not a lot of meaning in life. Well, and can I chime in just about the work thing too? Yeah. Like the the fact that you know the whole COVID thing has made another I don't know, hurdle. I, I don't know if that's the appropriate word or not, but like to people deciding whether oh sh- should I be at work? Should I not be at work? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? So there's yet another reason to like not and also be isolated. And yeah. Also be isolated. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because you're not in the office Sit anymore. Home. Sitting at home all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no water cooler. And he said that it's taught in psychology that to love and to work are the two most important factors for meaning in life. Hmm. To love and to work. Well, if you don't have relationships and you don't like your job, guess what? There's lack of meaning in life. So number one, social isolation. Two, lack of meaning. Three, free floating anxiety. Don't know what it is. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. AKA Davidson disease. <laughs> I couldn't believe when he said it on this pod. I was like, how's it no curse? <laughs> it's probably one of the most easily defined things. Free, floating, anxiety. There's no target. There's no destination. You don't know why. And I just heard him say this in that podcast I was listening to the other day. The the guy from the other one, the, the guy that wrote the, the Body Keeps the Score, that that's a far worse anxiety. 
because because you, you then can't have direct a, it to you anything. Can't, yeah, you can't you, connect. Well, right. You don't know why. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a test. Oh, I'm scared for the right. test. I'm nervous for the test. I have right. anxiety over the test. Fine. That's a goal. That's right. something you can define and, and work. So towards. you like multiply it by the right. worry of why am I worrying? And when it's free floating, you can be like, well, you can almost like so you'll think it's something. Mm-hmm. And you get done with that thing, and you're like, "Nope, I guess that wasn't it," because it's still there. Put a bookmark in that. You okay. go back. You go back to the kid, the the boogeyman. There's no boogeyman under the bed, but the kid's going to bed, going, "Huh? When's it going to get me?" Hmm. True. And that can lead to panic. And so there you go. Last free floating frustration and aggression. When there's no, when you don't have isolation, there's no meaning, there's no, you have this free floating anxiety, you end up frustrated and aggressive and pent up and balled up. You have energy that you have no idea where to put it. You didn't ask for. Right. And you don't know where it's going to go. So then here comes, and so all of those things were present and in place before COVID hit. Each and every one of those. We just gave small examples. I I, I do want to emphasize that because, like, this isn't about COVID. This isn't like no. This is about, about people, that. right? And you know, going back to the social, the social, social isolation is that's social media and a lot of things bef- like yeah. pre-COVID. Like this, this has been going on and, for a long time. And what was pre-COVID? The Trump years. Like, like you talk about, you talk about a free-floating anxiety. I mean. And, and I think in a lot of ways, people took that free floating anxiety and put it on like, OK, well, we don't have we we're just anxious because of Trump or or whatever. But still, you had this chaos. And then you introduce covid, you know, it's like right. it kind of reminds well, me of what alone, Jim Gaffigan even... said. It's like you're drowning and someone hands you a baby, yeah. you know, uh, like, yeah. yeah. But what were you saying, Jay? I was saying that. Those four things are in place and were in place before COVID hit. So now, again, we're focusing on right. the mass formation. We're, we're, we're focusing on how people. And again, I want to point this out. We're not pinpointing this on any one person or persons per se. We're not even going to spend a ton of time other than saying the media and that's collective. Mm-hmm. We're not even looking at who's doing this. And it is the fact is it's a very few people who are knowingly doing this. Most are being used by, again, not a Christian podcast, a podcast done by Christians, the enemy, the devil, who just wants to divide. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being used by him, useful pawns, useful idiots, whatever you want to call it. So I'm not even attributing blame per se in this moment. So these four things have happened, are, are all in place. Then, oh my goodness, here comes a pandemic. Here comes something that is terrible. Well, now, guess what? My anxiety doesn't. I mean, think of everybody back in 2020. Everybody was like, really? What is going on? And watching the videos. And I remember seeing Australia, which is weird considering where they are right now. That was one of the first places I saw the toilet paper going crazy mm. and everybody hoarding the toilet paper. And the anxiety now you know, became focused. It was no longer on, oh, I'm just anxious. Everybody is focused. Now we have a reason. Now we have a focal point for the anxiety. It now has a place to go. That's the that's the target. The pandemic is the target mm-hmm. of the anxiety. From there, the narrative, which is brought forth predominantly by the media, but also by the government. By the way, this is a worldwide phenomena. Right. This is not just the United States. That ha- happened in lockstep at the same time across the world. Right. How's that happen? Well, yep. 
that might come in the next one, is the solution. And the solution was initially, hey, you know, we have to distance as long as we distance and we have to mask. And then after a while, it was the vaccine and then it's the booster and we have to stay focused on the solution. Now, look what happens to somebody who's all balled up, who's all worried in general. Now they're all balled up. They're all worried in, about the, the pandemic. Now, guess what? They're not alone anymore. They're not alone. We're in this together. Remember the hashtag, right? Alone together. Mm. So now they have an identity. They're not isolated anymore. There's a reason why they have this anxiety. And now they have meaning. They have purpose. My purpose is to be a part of this and to lockstep follow the rules because the rules will get rid of this pandemic and will get rid of my anxiety and we'll be able to move forward. And the only problem with that is not everybody follows the rules. And guess where that frustration and aggression, which was the fourth component, Mm-hmm. guess what that comes flying out when people don't follow the rules when people don't join this grouping of solutions or question it that's why you get the aggression yeah you know some people can sit down and talk about this and say hey you know what do you think about the vaccines you know what do you think about masks what do you think about cloth versus this versus that some people you, you can't have that conversation. Yeah. They get angry. They don't, yeah. they don't disagree. They get violently angry and they name call and mm-hmm. they say, you know, and they go to that level. Why? Well, because they're not, people aren't following it. You're going against that. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. When people think this, there is not a narrative going on. When people think, oh no, that's just a coincidence. Everything else. The, the United Kingdom, again, they have a department, the Ministry of Persuasion. Okay, so I saw this. Is that real? Oh, Chris. <laughs> I got to look this up now. It's, What's, what do they do? <laughs> well, so they, the scientists have just come out and, and told us what they did. And, and they're like, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Right. It's, it's the way to use persuasion and things like, oh, I don't know, mandates. Things like incentives. To persuade the public. And and one of the main components, you know, Brian mentioned earlier that, boy, it's funny that all these countries around the world all had the same response at the same time. Matthias Desmet, this doctor, he said, it's not a coincidence and it's not a bad thing that the World Economic Forum and the World Health Economic or the World Health Organization all had a plan in place. He goes, that's not a bad thing. That's what big, huge organizations do. He said, the danger is their perspective and the ideology behind them Mm -hmm. that they look at the individual is not capable of making their own decisions so that they're going to make the decisions for you. So therefore the need to have a ministry of persuasion. Can I just say politically, if if you, (laughs) if you wanted to have like, how are we going to, you know, quote unquote, positively affect people's actions and toward whatever COVID or, you know, whatever, you shouldn't call it the Ministry of Persuasion. That's a horrible name politically. <laughs> I'm no political scientist, but that's horrible. Welcome to 1984. The the Davidson Consulting Group will be available for all world leaders. <laughs> yeah. So when I mentioned earlier that the AP said that there is no such thing as mass formation, one of the biggest critics was a guy by the name of J. Jan. J. J. So first name J, <laughs> then initial J. Van Bavel. 
And he just talked about how there's no such thing and it's ridiculous and everything else. Well, he also wrote an article called Using Social and Behavioral Science to Support COVID-19 Pandemic Responses. Wow. Using Social and Behavioral Science. So that guy's saying there's no manipulation of the masses. Hmm. When his expertise is to manipulate the masses. To, to use these things in order to. Yeah. Yeah. To get people to do things. Right. And so that's all part of the target. That's all part of the response. What people need to be doing. Hmm. If you think about it, how did that manifest itself? Together alone. Think of the phrase, I wear my mask to protect you. Remember that phrase everybody was saying earlier? My mask mm-hmm. doesn't protect me. Yep. So what's the insin- insinuation of that? <gasps> Those not wearing a mask. You're not protecting me. Right. And so it divides the people and it and it makes it oppositional. I just saw, and one of the frustrating things about all this is like Brian was talking about it earlier before we were on the air. I read so much about everything. And, and again, not books, never books, far too much information in a book. But I was reading and I was watching because uh, I got really fed up with the whole mask thing because I got into conversations with somebody about masks and they were just like, we should wear masks. And I'm like, OK, well, why? Because we should wear masks. And I was like, OK, but no, help me understand why. Right. So then I took a deep dive and I looked at the two major studies, the one, the Danish study and the one in Bangladesh. Hong- Bangladesh. Thank you. But in that, I found another article where there's this guy who is talking about masks. And he said, the only mask that really works is it called a C-100 mask. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that have the two things on the side. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Steve Kirsch was talking about that. It, that's who it was. It was mm-hmm. Steve Kirsch. But he also said, it, that doesn't protect you because I still just exhale through a filter. Right. All that does is protect me on the right. inhale. Right. Not on the exhale. But yet, the narrative is, I wear my mask to protect you. Yeah. Even the best mask. No, nope. doesn't protect someone. Well, and right. and one, of, one of the reasons that they continued on with the mask, even because even Fauci was at the beginning was like, they don't you you don't you, these are not going to be effective. And then now we've seen the cloth ma- cloth masks are no longer in vogue. But the point of the mask is to continue this heightened state of, oh, we're in an emergency. Something's wrong, even though they don't work. That's the goal is to keep you going. Okay, I'm looking at you, and there's a mask on. That means there's an alert. There's a and it's a trigger, and it's part of that manipulation that the ministries of propaganda or what what you call it um, persuasion. I didn't persuasion. call it that. They called it. Well, so but that's 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 the primary reason we're still having these masks on. Just to be clear, is that it, it continues to heighten that sense of emergency and the and sense in the sense of we're in control and we can and make sure you do this. right. Well, I was going to say that's how I see masks generally is like, well, that's an easy way for us to like try to limit exposure. And so, but I'll say that's theoretical. Like in the, theoretically, that makes sense. Like let's like masks, okay, that makes sense. There's but there's no data to support that. There's so many other things like we, we were just talking about like a, a you know, a toddler wearing a mask and like mm-hmm. it, I have let's well, a kindergartner wearing a mask. You know how much like they're sucking on that mask. Oh, it's it gets wet. It's disgusting. It, 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 it hits the floor. They're putting it back on their face. It's real. My point is, it's really hard in real practice to make sure that your mask is actually clean and doing. Yeah. You know, helping. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and again, and I don't want to go too much into mask no, minutia and everything either. else. Right, sorry. But if you go to what, what's, I don't even want to go there. So I won't. Uh, just a last example was every time we talk about now with the kids, 
It became the kids. Even though kids don't get, oh, the kids got to have it. The kids got to get the vaccine. The kids have to wear the mask. And they always say to come home and protect grandma. You know, the kid might get it and give it to grandma. And I heard a guy say, how many kids you know living with grandma? Like, right. like is that really rampant in our society today? Also, no. Who cares about grandpa? It's always grandpa. No. Uh, Only grandpa. <laughs> that's a good point. Poor grandpa. No, nobody feels bad for grandpa. No. Oh, but for grandma. Yeah. And that's that manipulation. Grandma. So, okay, the narrative is that, okay, as long as we do this together, but then all of a sudden, those not on board become a threat. And there's the re- negative reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look about it, and this is more of an example of what we just talked about, how they always say we have to follow the science. Mm-hmm. Never before in the history, I mean, in the history of our country at least, was the put before science. Mm-hmm. It was just science. Science is back and forth. It becomes a, ma- a mantra. And if you're looking for, is there mass formation? Is there really a manipulation going on of the masses? Think about the fact that the science ever only goes one way mm-hmm. towards the narrative. Mm-hmm. Whatever the narrative is at that time. Oh, that's the way the science goes. You you mentioned the Bangladesh study, which is now the number one study that people like to point to about masks. The one that was supposed to be was the Danish one. The Danish study, everyone said, wait until you see when the science comes out mm-hmm. about masks. It came out and it said at very best under perfect wearing 30% effectiveness mm-hmm. at very best. But the reality is it's more like 15. Yeah. Well, then they discredited the study. Mm-hmm. Narrative only goes one way mm-hmm. towards more. Ev- the science only goes towards the narrative. Right. It mm-hmm. never goes away from it. Right. At least the science that is approved. Right. Right. Part of the narrative. Right. It, well, yeah. So, like, there's other no, I'm things. I'm talking out. the science. Yes. Right, right, right. Not science. Oh, there's Capital a lot of T. science out yeah. there. <laughs> but the science. And then opposition is demonized. Think about how much they've talked about. Pro-healthy lifestyles. Uh, all over the place. How much have they talked about therapeutics? Ways <laughs> to go ahead and do that. It's de- It's not just ignored. It's demonized. It's taken off airwaves. It's, you're canceled. Doctors lose their licenses. Mm-hmm. It, it's absolutely demonized. The title pandemic of the unvaccinated. At a time when vaccinated people are able to transmit the virus and get the virus, that term, pandemic of the unvaccinated. That is zero. That's demonizing an opposing viewpoint. Mm-hmm. People who are against a vaccine mandate are labeled what? Anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. Whereas, where is the column for, hey, I'm pro-vaccine, but mm-hmm. I'm pro, I'm anti-government mandating it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, talk about what the va- vaccine effectiveness, efficacy, all that kind of stuff. It's the narrative mm-hmm. and it's the demonization of the other side. Is that taking place? And that's why... These are points that are brought up. And again, I said, trust the science. So the narrative is the solution. Those who come up against any of those, oh, they're the worst. And guess what happens? The anxiety remains. And that's sort of where even like three months later, we've seen studies that have come out, a Rasmussen poll, that people who are vaccinated and completely on board with, quote unquote, the narrative are anxious about getting COVID 75% of the time, 75% of the people in that category have said, yes, I'm anxious. Literally the word anxious about getting COVID after all the precautions. Which is like taken. when you, when you think about that logically, they, right. they should feel the opposite. Right. And, that, and that's sad. It really is sad it to is. go through it. Like, cause I get it. I get it. Like you want to make sure you're covered. So you, so you do the steps that you feel are 
the right steps and necessary mm-hmm. so that you're safe, your family's safe, whatever. Like that's that's what they're doing, presumably. Yeah. yeah. And then to still, despite that, like, okay, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And I'm still now, but I'm still going to be, you know, worried and, and sort of yeah. live in fear. At, at, and what's at crazy sad. to me is, is like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the administration that we're in has said, like, if you, if you're vaxxed, you're, you won't, you won't be hospitalized. I've like, you know, the, all you're those things have been COVID. said, you're not, you're well, not gonna... but not even that, like, like, yes, they've said that, but like, not even that, like, you're not going to, you're not going to die. Is basically what they've said. Right. Like, you're not well, going to be hospitalized. It's not going to be bad. Minimizes your symptoms or whatever. But it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, for 75% of the people, that doesn't matter. They're still anxious. Apparently, that they're, they're still worried, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. It's just, the wow. other side of that poll was uh, of those who are unvaccinated, 36% were concerned about getting COVID. And um, See, and that kind of makes sense to me, though. Well, in a way. I guess, never mind. That's no, too, flush that out. That's too un- well because I was going to say, well, they're they're not worried, so therefore they're not worried about getting the vaccine either. So that yeah, you know, but there's there are other people because I'm looking at when I make that statement, I am myself well, dividing everybody into two camps. Like, no, well, if you think this, you must think that. But but there's so many people in between. Yeah, well, and logically, you know, thirty. I'm nervous about getting it because if I get it, I can still spread it, and sure. that could go to somebody that's susceptible. Like, right? Like logically thinking, like I get that. Yeah, it's not crazy. So with the anxiety remaining, so number one, they're still anxious. So if we know this, anxiety doesn't go away when you find a target. There's no solution to it in the target. So people that have free floating anxiety, like you said. Earlier, I told you to bookmark it. Thank you for bookmarking. Oh, I did. You said earlier, the worst is when you think you know why you're anxious, but then that thing comes and goes. Yeah. And you realize you're still anxious. Well, guess what? People that were anxious and had this free-floating anxiety are still anxious. Right. And they did the solve steps. their problems. They did the vaccine. And that's why some are so yeah. frustrated when they say the, you know, the quote, I did everything mm-hmm. right, but I still got it. Or... I'm just so anxious because you won't get it and you're the reason why. Right. If you think about the other thing is when people in mass formation, stats and logic and discussion don't matter because they're hyper-focused on the solution. Mm -hmm. If you think about, and Brian, you alluded to this, think about all the different things we've heard about masks. Fauci said in the beginning, masks don't work, don't wear them. Then it was, no, wear masks. Then it was, wear two masks. Then it was, okay, you can take the masks off. Wait, if you get the vaccine, you can take the mask off. Wait, you know, you have to put the mask back on. Mm-hmm. Now it's N95 masks. And you go back to the C100s are really the only ones that have whole or that are, you know, tight enough yeah. that the size and and all of that. the aerosols will actually not go through. Right. And that, so you hear that. All over the place. Vaccines originally, by the way, by many people were considered to be not trustworthy because of the president who was in charge of bringing them to the front. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then he leaves. And now everyone should have them. And there's no logic to that. Vaccines keep you from getting sick. That's the exact quote we heard earlier. And when they first came out, you will not get it. You will not get COVID right. if you get the vaccine. Well, a rational mind would go, wait a minute. You told me I wouldn't get it. But now people are getting it. Well, you mm-hmm. won't transmit it. Oh, no, you can transmit it. 
It's the blind belief in the narrative, despite logic or reason. Yeah. You don't question it because to question it means all these things that I've been doing was pointless. The and reason I, why and, I'm in this group. And I'm gullible or I'm somehow. Right. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. It hurts. And we're not saying it's wrong to try to do things. No. But it's like, how are we going to like approach it mentally and mm-hmm. um and logically yeah well, yeah and, just, and those and, again keeping it in the focus of mass formation are not able to do that they, right and, and and i don't know if we're going to cover this in in later on here but people don't want to go back the people in mass formation don't want to go back to where they were which was the old normal and that's a very important point to make because that that old normal was empty it was 50%. It was full of a free-floating anxiety. Full of free-floating no anxiety. Meaning, no meaningful no relationships. So this new this new reality, even though they have still have the free-floating anxiety, again, it, it continues to confirm that there's a purpose to it. Yeah. And, and somewhere on the horizon, there might come a place where there is a new normal that they can live with. And, and as long as they get that booster, as long as they do the next thing, that's going to continue them on down the path with that purpose further away from where they were which is like uh, that makes me so sad because it speaks to just you know a life that was um really in a bad spot before all this was devoid of meaning and And that's what i was was, was gonna say you don't want to say meaningless because that's not true but like it was they lacking felt, in meaning, they but felt but meaningless. Felt right, they, like they unable felt to find. Yeah, their I'm not meaning. saying they're meaningless. Yeah. I'm saying right. they felt right. meaningless. And I'm just saying for the fiftieth time, I'm not saying people that disagree with X, Y, Z. It's people that can't see anything other than the narrative. Right. It's people that cannot have objective conversations that go straight to anger. Right. Because as all of the narratives or the specifics of the narrative change, and there's contradictions and there's statistics and there's lack of studies yeah. and there's lack of all of that guess what that creates inside of them when they ignore it anxiety mm-hmm. Why, you know in, in a quiet moment or even in their subconscious they're going <laughs> well, that's not consistent so they get angry well at and least then it's beyond not free that, floating no <laughs> but, but it's no but it's a revisiting of that free floating anxiety because yeah, they're yeah, not aware yeah, of it. yeah right right they're angry but they can't face it why was i so far this way now i'm so far this way but now i'm you know I, i'm advocating the opposite side of the same thing twice and yeah. only because somebody told me. Nobody wants to admit to that. Right. And guess what? External conflict. When somebody comes against you or tries to change your mind, well, then there goes that aggression. And there goes the frustration, which was, again, evident before the mass formation ever took place. And so, of course, they're angry. Of course, they're divided. Of course, they don't listen to points of view. So we could talk a whole lot more. But that's revisiting and in, in, in sort of how we got where we are, why people can't have these conversations, why people are hyper-focused on the narrative that is being uh, relayed, is being used for manipulation to different people's gains. Again, many of the people in leadership are also in mass formation. They actually have a narrower scope of mm-hmm. field of, of truth and focus mm-hmm. that... I am the one that is to get us out of this. So everybody's got to do what I say. Yeah. And I'm, they're not puppet masters per se. But they feel like they have a responsibility. Right. And, and they can't see it any further. Yeah. And so, again, we're not even here to demonize or point fingers, anything else. We're saying sure. this is why some people are so terribly affected, why some people are making decisions that don't make any sense to other people and why there has Man. been divisions in relationships. Again, the real culprit, the real uh, 
enemy is the enemy. Mm-hmm. And he is taking what God has made and he's using it and dividing it. You know, all these good relationships, he's trying to destroy them. Oh. And I thought you were going to say, yep. and I mean, it, it fits, but I, the, the enemy is, uh, or the, uh, the culprit is um, being alone. And like I want, maybe, that's the cause. The cause, the right, enemy's right. using that, sure, to further people being alone, being alone, and not having real relationships, which mm-hmm. is what this podcast is all about. But I, we're almost out of time tonight. But I maybe we can talk more about that next week. We can't, <laughs> but I do actually want to finish with. Oh, I'm sorry. What to do about it? Oh, good. Yeah, and that is, you know, he talks about many different things. But what he emphasized was try to connect in the real world with all. So there's three groups of people, basically, in the mass formation process. Those about 30 percent who are in mass formation. The government could tell them to do anything and they would do it. Excuse me. The narrative could tell them to do anything. Mm -hmm. Government, uh, media, whatever. Right. Could tell them to do anything and they're going to do it. 30 percent are like, no, I'm not doing that. And mm-hmm. they're outside of it and they're making their own decisions. You're telling me that? I'm going to do the opposite. Right. And then there's 40, 30 to 40% in the middle. And the definition of those people, I would say, are the people that are like, wow, I did everything they said, but I still got COVID. That's mm-hmm. weird. Why is mm-hmm. that? But they don't want to vocalize that because the 30% outside of mass formation or those who go against it have been demonized and have been called an other. And so they're afraid to be that. So to have relationships with all groups of people. Real in-person relationships, because that is what got them into it in the first place is not having those things. Mm -hmm. And it is not statistics per se. It is not having a relationship with them to argue about it, but to give them meaningful relationships where guess what? You might reduce that anxiety to give them a a meaningful relationship. So they have a purpose in, in life. How many people have heard somebody say, you know what? You helped me get through today. Hey, you're the reason why I got up today. Hey, that was so great to see you're the, I love saying to people. I've had a good day today, but seeing you is the best part mm. of my day. Mm-hmm. And it gives how, them meaning and it gives them purpose. Mm-hmm. How about a, um, like, uh, as a as a spinoff of a meaningful relationship, too, you can then have a meaningful conversation with somebody who thinks differently than you and, like, realize that, oh, th- they're just human, too, and trying to figure it out and looking at things and, and trying to see, you know, you, you know. I mean, I'm looking at you guys like, you know, of course, you know what I mean, because yeah. we yeah. we have those conversations. Um, but so many people out there don't. Right. Yeah. And like, I feel like I'll say this, that was happening before COVID, you know, sure. where, yeah. you know, politics or whatever, like there was, you can't talk about that, right. you know, right. whereas like, you know, they're like there's people I want to have conversations with. Like Chris, you and I have had good conversations because mm-hmm. we don't, uh, you know, necessarily sit on the same aisle of certain things, but we're still friends. We still talk to each other. Right. And we still love each other very much. Like that seems to have not existed even before COVID. Like we've been yeah. on this, like, you know, trajectory of, of that. And it's, it's too easy to argue. Yeah. <clears throat> and especially we, we've talked about this so many times social media when you're not in person yeah like it's much easier to just argue and name call and things when you're not in person whereas if you are, are looking face to face with somebody yeah. and really listening to why they feel the way they do or whatever like it just makes it so much <laughs> more personal well like it's, well and it's one of my rules on social media like i don't really engage with political posts like i just don't because i don't believe it's the right platform because right. 
you're you're never gonna you're never gonna get to where you want to be and and make your point. Like it's just not, you know, not worth it. So um, another thing that we can do is again, people don't want to go back to where they were. So one of the most important things to do is to have a new vision of like I I I, I really think about this mass formation as I, and I was explaining it before we went on air as like the laser pointer and and the cats right like the cats follow that laser pointer cats are dumb well i don't and i don't want to insinuate that to people but what i'm saying is that that hypnosis when you get hypnotized and i i've actually had it i've been hypnotized and what happens is you focus on one thing that that hypnotist makes you focus on one thing over and over and over again and that's that's what's happened in in the case of where we're at vaccines vaccines you know and 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 all along it's it becomes the mantra to here's what you do here's what you here's the one thing to look at don't look anywhere else don't look anywhere else so it becomes that laser pointer so people don't want to go back to where they were cuz that's terrifying to break them out of that and and you're and it's not going to happen to everybody you know, like you can ring all the bells you want. People are going to wake up at different times. And as they do, they need a new vision. They need a new focus on something that's going to be meaningful, something that's going to be gratifying, something that's going to, even if it's just to take that anxiety something away. Something else that will give them real purpose. Exactly. Real and, and, and in some way, take that free-floating anxiety away. The free-floating anxiety is like, it's, again, it, it's... not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Um, so... That's that's a very important next step is what is that vision that you're going to help paint for that person and then reinforce so that they can go, oh, okay, it's a new day, you know? And lastly, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, you have to give them that new vision and the new uh, normal. But really, there is a good new normal out there for people. And lastly, and probably most importantly is to, and people will think we've most likely failed at this if they're angry with us, is to not be condescending, not be aggressive, mm -hmm. and certainly not be violent in speaking and building relationships with people who disagree with us in regards to mass formation or pandemic response or whatever it is, is to not shame them. Like if somebody says, you know, I did everything right. I did everything. I followed all the rules. And yet you go, see, idiot, right. I told right. you six months ago this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. now, that's not the way to go. Right. You know, it's to love them and to and to gently be there for them so that they're not alone in that moment. It might be the first time they don't feel alone mm -hmm. in a real personable way. So in conclusion, we've just got to continue to build good relationships, give people real, real um, emotional needs and support so that they can feel that because they don't feel it online. Yeah. And now after two and a half years, two years, they're not finding it in pandemic response that that tribe is not is not feeding them anymore as much right and so they're ready to be loved they're ready to have purpose outside of that mm -hmm. can i say one more thing before, yes. we, before we're done i want to come back to there is an enemy there is an enemy that is not of this world and john 10 10 in the bible says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy and jesus says i've come that you might have life and have it abundantly in that scripture to me the, through this entire thing, I just keep coming back to that scripture. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is a job description of a very real enemy. And then Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and life abundantly. It's 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 the two worlds contrasting. Mm -hmm. 
And, and so if I can leave anybody with that, just remember the division, it's purposeful. And there are assignments in order to get us further and further away. And they've been real effective up to this point in time. Don't minimize that mm -hmm. and look for it because then you can go, oh, that's the enemy. And it's, you're, it's not hyperbole. It's hyperbole. Probably. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's literal. So um, I just, I think that's a powerful, you know, put that in your ammunition and, and break it out because it's, you know. <laughs> put that in your gun, gun, shoot it around a little bit. <laughs> so with that, we're going to wrap up episode 142. And I'll just, I just real quick to add, our hope is that if you are a listener of this podcast, then you are better equipped than so many people out there to be able to be that person that can reach out to somebody um, that has a different viewpoint than you do and, and able to, to have a meaningful conversation and a meaningful, even if it's just a, the beginning of a relationship, but it's the beginning of, of you uh, being able to be a good listener and reaching out and, and being that person that, that others need. And, um, as always, we invite you to give us a like or follow on social media, uh, visit us on lunchtimeatrome.com and take our relational needs questionnaire where you can find out, uh, something about yourself, which is really the foundation of helping yourself and then others. We thank you for joining us at the table for lunchtime in Rome. I'm going to go hypnotize Brian. <laughs> Glad to be back and see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. We need a vaccine against toddlers. Feel the hate. <laughs> I'm kind of a soup guy. Oh, right?